Welcome to the last PFF forecast of 2020. We're going to talk about the Week 17 games. Uh, this is going to be a quick, short, wonderful podcast. We might even get to, if we have time, might even get to the uh, two college semifinal games. Uh, this is going to be fun. Let's rock. kind of been through the ringer this year you know like I, I remember about five years ago when we were both remote talking to each other from living rooms at one point my audio was so bad that people were complaining on twitter it i think we've changed way. job titles each like three times yeah, during this well, just par for the course <laughs> at pff but um we've we've yeah we've made it through this is the crazy you thing. lived in dc for like five months you lived <laughs> you've lived in dc for longer than like trump has I've spent more days in D.C. during his presidency than he has. Yeah. This is not a political podcast, but that had to be mentioned. Um, You uh, have started even uh, a New Year's resolution before New Year's, which is also impressive. Mm -hmm. You've gotten back into the gym, and word on the street is that you've started squatting again. So congratulations to you. I squat every single time. Good for you. I I can tell. The hair does look better today. Jeez, <laughs> I, I was like, George, can you just help? If my hair, if I'm starting to look like the nutty professor, you have to like. It was late, okay? It now, was late. I do want to say, if anyone is looking for hair, if you didn't see Eric's hair, what well, you're listening to the podcast, you didn't see it. It was, it's worth checking out, but it reminded me of Steve Young on Monday Night Countdown. His hair is all over the place, and it's pretty funny. And I'm sad there won't be any more Monday night countdowns, but maybe yeah. on Sunday. Math- Remember, I always too. pull out the mathematician's exemption. You can't, you can't do that for everything. There are plenty of mathematicians that have their, their shit together. Yeah, and every once in a while, I don't. Oh, every once in a while? Yeah, exactly. Okay. All right, sure. The, we'll, we'll just forget that the socks and sweatpants thing. Do, do I not have shoes on right now and jeans? I got multiple messages about that. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Eric, why are you wearing? What's wrong with Eric? Is everything okay with Eric? <laughs> Is he all right? Um, it was, there was a professor I had in grad school who walked, who never wore shoes. And it was like, and it was. He it must have been yeah. a, a player. Um, I, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> was, I don't know what I would do in that situation. He was so eccentric that it was it was actually inspiring, really. It and how has much clearly how much he, how much how much he didn't care about certain things is inspiring. But, but you too inspire me. One of the biggest upsets, though, is that we've made it all the way to week seventeen, and we're, there's no week eighteen, and I think all the games are going to be played this week. We don't have know? to reconfigure the simulation. We don't like yeah, eighteen. Kind of we don't get eight playoff teams. All this kind of stuff. Um, biggest but winners Browns, being Kansas City and Green Bay with the one seeds. The Browns are doing their best, though. They've got a, they've got a few issues. I think that that game seems like it's on. Well, you know, he's been spending a lot of time in Cleveland. Who? Renner. Austin, oh, did you account for this? Rest in peace. No, no, Renner didn't die, but a part of him yeah, yeah, has yeah, died. Yeah, yeah. And for that, we mourn. Okay, let's get into this week. Okay. Um, this is going to be a tricky one. Uh, I'd like to start off with Buffalo and Miami, though, because this line has moved an, a ton. It was four and a half at one point. 
um, actually just yesterday. And I bet on Miami getting four and a half points. Now it's down to one and a half. Um, do you have any confidence that the Bills are going to play this one through? Well, I think it's sort of a, I think it's sort of a, you know, no, you, you know, kind of like a no, you hang up type of situation where it's like Pittsburgh announces they're not playing their guys. Now Buffalo feels as though they can kind of, I think that that's what the betting markets are sort of responding to. Mason Rudolph called the starter there. And so the only way that Buffalo doesn't get the two seed is if Cleveland melts down against a bunch of backups, which is certainly possible for sure. They yeah. just lost to the Jets. Right. But, but the, um, but, I think that that's where everything is gravitating towards. It's so like that, the Bills then, probably would have played it through had the Steelers played it through. But then why aren't the Bills underdogs? Like, why are the Bills favored in this game then? Because Miami because is Miami no joke is not, of a team. Miami is, Miami, Miami is good, but Miami is good. But I, I think – so this has, this has some Vikings against Bears 2018, Week 17 vibes where there's nothing – like – Dolphins are a good team, but like there's a ton of meltdown. Like, what's the chances Fitzpatrick plays in this game? I would say 70%. I was thinking about that earlier. Because if the Bills get out to like a 14 0 lead and then call off the dogs, is that an insurmountable lead for Tua to come back from? I think so. Oh, come on. Against the Bills, Tua can put up 14 points. Uh, but you know what I'm saying. Like, that's, I, I think that's they the, will that's go part to part of the handicap. It was very interesting. I mean, listening to what. Xavier Howard, who, by the way, is great on, uh, yeah, he's great at football, but also great on um, on the mic. And the way that he talked about the quarterback situation, it was like you could kind of sense that there was. He didn't say this, but it was like, yeah, we know we need to do a lot to help the young quarterback out. He's improving, but also what Fitz does when he comes in there, it's magical. So. Maybe they, you know, they go to well, a little early. It's very clear that like the everybody knows what what everything's about. If I don't think there are any Dolphins players who have come out and said we're winning the Super Bowl, but they're probably enjoying the ride that they're having. They're probably they probably also know as an organization that they already have a top five pick sewn up because of Houston. So there's really not like a there's really no like benefit to them just tanking out and missing the playoffs. Sure. But Tua is probably not their best option to make the playoffs. But to, but Fitzpatrick's not their best option long term. So then that's how they're squaring this. Um, I I just see like I think the reason why Buffalo, for one, they're at home, which man I don't know. But for, they're at home. They're they're probably going to start their starters much like they did last year against the Jets when they had nothing to play for. They started their starters for like two two quarters, and there could be an insurmountable lead that they get um, where the Dolphins can't come back. I, I think the Miami Dolphins deserve a lot of credit and should win some awards here. I, I said at the beginning of the season that I thought Jalen Ramsey would win Defensive Player of the Year, and I think he has a really strong case. But Davian Howard is the highest graded corner. Nine interceptions is impressive. What he's done against some really great competition, just like Jalen Ramsey has done, has been really impressive. The interception on Tyreek Hill may be t the best interception when you account for who he was covering. Um, so I think that, I think legitimately um, he should be, I think a couple of other guys have waned off. So I think Xavier Howard, defensive player of the year, and then coach of the year, in my mind is even more of a lock for Brian Flores. The way that he's handling the quarterback situation, this team, I think they're 10 and five against the spread. 
um, this season, which is a really good measurement of how much you're beating expectations. Mm -hmm. um, and the fact that he has a defense that has played this well after being so bad earlier in the season, it's Belichickian to say the very least. So uh, it's cool. Even if we don't bet on this game, I'll be rooting for the Dolphins. I, we have some Dolphins to make the playoff futures, plus 400 in the offseason, plus 160 during the season. So I will also be rooting for the Miami Dolphins. Um, here's one that I'll ask you about, because I, I think this is, this is a spot that we've made lock of the week before this year. Mm -hmm. I like the Ravens laying 13 in our backyard over here. This, so this has moved a little bit. That's the Towards only, the Baltimore Ravens. The only thing that gives me a little bit of pause was 11, 11 and a half, um, and now it's 13. Now, is that moving on some of the injury news, or is that because – so Boyd is questionable with a con, uh, concussion. Higgins is questionable with a hamstring. Um, the Cincinnati Bengals – have no reason to to play anybody, right? Mm -hmm. um, Mixon is obviously well, and they're being they're they're probably feeling their their oats after winning a couple games in a row. Uh, Brandon Allen was terrific against he's Houston. Second highest graded, yeah, quarterback. I mean, he's been amazing. Yeah, um, I, I like this one a lot, and I'd like to consider it. If you look at just the Elo point differential between these two teams, it's about eleven points, and when you consider what the Baltimore Ravens have in terms of an advantage at some of those key situations, right? Quarterback, obviously. Motivation, obviously. And motivation, like, in opposite directions. Like, the Bengals don't care about kicking the, the Ravens out of the playoffs, At do this they? point, they should care about getting the best draft pick. Yeah. Like, Zach Taylor's not about to be They fired. are going to hang a banner for beating the Pittsburgh Steelers as 14-point underdogs in my honor. That made me feel a more of part of yeah. Cincinnati. You've never, you've never, we've both of us, I think, has never really adopted Cincinnati. Stop it! Until the Bengals beat the Steelers, right? That was that was when we became what is it, Cincinnatians? That's what you call it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's when we became Cincinnatians. I think. I think actually you have to have Skyline Chili to fully. Yeah. And I just make it happen. I don't know. All right, Austin has Austin had since as Skyline Chili. He is looks he? like he has. I'm trying to get him to say something. <laughs> I didn't know if that would work. Austin Gale is uh, helping us out in the podcast. All right, I would like to consider that one. The only thing, like I said, is it's moved in Baltimore's direction. There's some question marks in the secondary around who will play. And total is 44 and a half, which is low for such a big. But uh, I'll, I'll back this up. We talked about this with the NBC guys today. Which the last time the Baltimore Ravens faced the Cincinnati Bengals in this exact spot, they got beat. Like, beat outright, right? Mm -hmm. And our first year of picking games together, yep. it was like, oh, there's no way the Ravens lose to the freaking Bengals. And that was when Andy Dalton's the quarterback. Tyler, Bo you know, Tyler Boyd had the long touchdown. You know, Buffalo goes crazy, all this kind of stuff. You got to think Harbaugh looking at Marlon Humphrey and be like, look, you got your ass kicked by Tyler Boyd on that play, right? Like, mm -hmm. all this kind of stuff. You, you got to think, because that game, they had, a they had a multiple score lead for us, I believe, a part of that game, and they let Cincinnati back into it. I don't. I, I think if this game gets to 14, the probability of covering that number is like 85 percent. Because I just think if if Cincinnati can play them straight up, then this bet's in trouble. If there's any sort of period of time where Baltimore scores two scores in a row, it's over, in my opinion. I, I will keep that one on the docket. Okay, the next one I want to go to. Um, we actually talked about Minnesota Detroit earlier. I don't. Maybe we'll save that one. I want to talk about Dallas New York. 
because both these teams are playing for a chance to watch Sunday night football and root for Jalen Hurts. What a great opportunity. Um, and if Jalen Hurts then beats the Washington football team, the winner of this game will be in the NFL playoffs, which is hilarious. The Dallas uh, Cowboys. I'm dead. It's incredible, right? <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys lost Dak Prescott, have Andy Dalton come in there, look like he's never played football for two games, and then somehow, some way, thanks to Dwayne Haskins not bothering to learn a playbook, have are in a position. I mean, they they literally needed to win three consecutive games, two of them in which they were underdogs, and have Washington lose two consecutive games after after beating the Steelers. Yeah, yeah. right. That was the kind beating of beating the Steelers thing. and beating the Niners. Beating the Niners in a relatively improbable game, right? Two defensive touchdowns. You know, uh, Alex Smith gets hurt. I mean, when can, I, can I? We pause for a second though. Is Dallas being in this position? all that surprising in hindsight no no and in fact i went back and i listened to our podcast the night that dak prescott got injured yeah and we both said dallas is still the most i have a futures bet on dallas to win that the, and they were the favorite when i bet it and it's like you know we we now have washington which i think we want washington because it's a better payout but it's like we thought because because what 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 is dallas's characteristics right now they have an okay quarterback. They have really good weapons. They have a crappy offensive line that they're working around. And they have a dog shit defense. Okay, that, that's not the worst thing that you can be in the NFL. In fact, if you look at Washington football team, I would rather be Dallas. I'd rather be crappy offensive line that Kellen Moore works around, great wide receivers who can get separation, a quarterback who's okay, and a defense that's a defense rather than be, that is a lot of praise i got to be honest be, rather than being washington who's got a great defense who's got a good wide receiver who's hurt right now the best player on their mm -hmm. team is injured an okay off a great offensive line but who gives a fuck if you protect when the guy can't hit the broad side of a barn well daniel jones is is banged up i mean that's and he says he's playing from the pocket until he's healthy which so god help us all the difference between these two teams based on PFF ELO ranking, is two and a half points. Spread is two. The Dallas Cowboys, over the last eight weeks or so, are a top 12 offense in expected points added per play. And we've seen over the last few weeks, they've been, they've been just fine throwing the ball down the football field. The New York Giants, on the other hand, over that same time span, are the third worst offense in the NFL. Yeah. It's not pretty. So um, I really like the Dallas Cowboys here. Our model shows over 1%. Uh, edge in terms of covering this spread and I'll point something else out I think Andy Dalton now I got into trouble the last time I said this is being undervalued a little bit um, because of the scars that people have from him yeah, yeah. but this is a 1 p.m. game um, I'm gonna talk myself into Andy Dalton yeah um, I don't hate it at all uh, somebody on Twitter said you know when, the, when I said like the Joe Judge thing's going to look funny when they're five and ten and all that stuff. And you know, I after, taking Twitter victory laps after it happened. That he was like, "Yeah, but they're still playing a meaningful game in December." And I, I wanted like, if you watch this Giants team, they have twice as many losses as they have wins. Like this is the NFC sucks. Yeah, but the Giants are. Would you be in favor of, um? not just doing away with every division winner gets a spot but like a complete reseeding i i'm in favor so here's my thing 
I'm in favor of a reseeding. I'm not in favor of. So we talked about this. Like it's a sport. So like it, it is like it. I don't care. I don't care about unfairnesses at some level because they're not like societal problems. So it missed me that. But it's like I. I think if you win your division, you should get a playoff spot. I don't know if you should get a home game. That that's where I may my, I might allow the line to be crossed. My issue is there are so many. Um, unfairnesses in the scheduling that just by hook or by crook you could end up so like the NFC East had to play the AFC North mm -hmm. so you're playing three really good teams whereas you know the I'm trying to think of a, another you know whoever got to play the NFC East right like they're they're piling up like the Rams right are a five win team if you right, take the, up NFC the NFC West East. Got to play the, uh, exactly NFC so East. so you know what I'm saying? They had to play the two probably toughest conferences in football. Now, are they tough because they got to play the NFC East and their schedule is great? I actually think probably Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Cleveland would be okay with normal schedules. Same thing with LA, San Francisco, Seattle, mm -hmm. Arizona. But you see what I'm saying? Like when you do that, the you're you're losing structure when structure was the contribution to the issue in the first place. I don't disagree with that. I mean, I don't have. Do you have? See, my I have a bigger moral issue, and maybe we could talk about this now. Seventeen games not being a, a, a fucking uh, multiple of two next year, right? Like, yeah, it, it, the the way that the schedule is is works out in the NFL makes com total and complete sense to me right now. I don't hate. Obviously, we want more football, so I don't care. But like, if anybody wants to say like, oh, this is unfair, like a seventeen week schedule seems like you know more of an unfairness possibility than anything. If you are not using Monkey Knife Fight, then I just I don't know what you're doing with your life. But for the playoffs, it's probably something you want to get involved with. with MonkeyKnifeFight.com. You put in at least twenty dollars, and you will get with a with promo code PFF, of course, and you will receive a free PFF Edge annual subscription, which is a forty dollar value. And then you have twenty dollars to spend playing at MonkeyKnifeFight.com, where you get to play daily fantasy and prop games that are really one of a kind. It's one of the fastest growing fantasy sports sites in the entire USA and their merch. It's pretty darn cool. Of course, the name's Monkey Knife Fight. Just go there, deposit 20 bucks with promo code PFF and get a free PFF Edge annual subscription. This podcast is brought to you by the best sports book that you can possibly find. And that's the DraftKings Sportsbook. It's America's top rated sportsbook app. And uh, they're wishing you a happy holidays with this pretty awesome promotion. If you use the promo code PFF, you can get up to a $1,000 signing bonus, and that means that you can bet to your heart's content this holiday season on everything from college basketball, the NBA, college bowls, the national championship, UFC 256, obviously the best sporting event to bet on in the entire world, which is the NFL playoffs and the Super Bowl. So go make it happen today, because this offer will not be here forever, as will, you know, the NFL playoffs are gonna end at some point, so you need to get your act together here. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code PFF when you sign up and make your deposit and get up to a $1,000 signing bonus. Remember, you must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. Bonus is comprised of the first-time deposit bonus. Deposit bonus requires a 25-pound playthrough restrictions. They do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH. This podcast is brought to you as well by PristineAuction.com. Check out their daily auctions with $1 starting bids on over 8,000 football items. 
signed helmets, balls, jerseys, and much more. Pristine Auction guarantees the authenticity of every single product. Use promo code PFF and get $10 off your first invoice at pristineauction.com. If you got a little Christmas cash, and I hope you did, but you know, if not, you can give yourself a little gift. Go to pff.com and spend it the right way, which is with the PFF Elite subscription. And if you use the promo code ACTION, A-C-T-I-O-N, you will also get a full year of the Action Network's Action Pro subscription, which is $100 uh, value for free. So you're making uh, some smart decisions right off the bat. They have obviously all different types of betting content in all sports. And with BFF Elite subscription, you get everything you need to prepare you for DFS and betting for the Super Bowl and all of the playoff games that come before it. So go make it happen. PFF.com, Elite subscription, promo code ACTION. Do it now. We transition from the moral debate to the Atlanta Falcons. No, stop. There's nothing moral about the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> they are six and a half point underdogs in Tampa Bay against the Bucks. So the Bucks still have the, the, theoretically something to play for. Well, this is another one. So the fact that this game is at one and the LA versus Arizona games at four means that Tampa is going to probably try to win this game. And given what Arians has said, which is, we want the 11 wins. That means something yep. to us. And also the five seed we need to lock that up. The fact that they have a, a tiebreaker loss with L.A. Excuse me. And if L.A. were to beat uh, Arizona. Arizona, they would lose the five seed and have to play Seattle. In right. All Going from playing in Seattle against Seattle to, to playing, playing potentially in Dallas against Dallas. Or I mean, in fucking New York against the Giants. Like, Right. Washington as well. I mean, yeah. any of those teams. Is so, so they'll play through... Atlanta could be competitive against them anyway. They were competitive against Kansas City on the road last week in a game that Kansas City needed. Um, I think a decent amount of that was Kansas City playing poorly. But but you look at the, the Falcons, there's a lot to like. I mean, Deion Jones is great. Foye Luikin's great. I'm not doing this, though. Sorry. I was going to say, <laughs> a lot to like? No, no. There, there is a, the there's... Falcons have a, a positive win uh, point differential this year. A lot to like. Uh Man, I, lo I love the Falcons in this spot. Now, a lot to like about the Falcons is still no, really generous, I... but here's, here's the biggest point that I would make. They are very incentivized, I think, especially in the positions that matter, to win this game and not have a really high draft pick. I don't think Matt Ryan wants to get traded and go somewhere else. Like, I think he wants to show Atlanta and Atlanta ownership that – like, let's go draft someone that can help this team out. Let's get a yeah. coach in here that knows what they're doing. And let's go win some football games. And if they can beat the Tampa Bay Bucks, that I'm telling you, man, that would they would be talking about that like yeah. well, they're, they're a franchise a that does time. this thing, right? And I and I misspoke. Uh, Atlanta's been outscored by one point this year. So they have this basically they have a five hundred like. record in the Pythagorean thing. A lot to like. Um but still Raheem Morris, former Bucks coach, summarily dismissed a year after being ten and six. Um, revenge game for him. Obviously, he's four and six this year. A five and six looks a lot better on his resume than four and seven does. And to your point, when you think about the Falcons, don't really the Falcons can't really draft a quarterback this year unless they're willing to sit him for at least a year. And the reason being is that Matt Ryan's contract puts him in a tough spot. They also have a very tough cap situation, right? They're one of the five or six teams that's below the projected cap, and they don't really have players 
other than possibly Jake Matthews, who they could get rid of to get under that. So they're in dire straits. They're, if they were to move on from Matt Ryan, they would almost have to do it pre-draft, right? Mm-hmm. And to do it pre-draft would re- probably require them to re- require them to give up a draft pick to give up Matt Ryan because of the salary that the other team would take on in a year when the salary cap is going to be lower. A team is going to be less likely to take on a Stafford, a Matt Ryan, because of the cap situation that the entire league is in. So they're in a tough spot. If they do that and give up a pick, that's a pick they can't use to trade up from, let's say, four to three to ensure that they get one of the top three guys. So they're in a rough spot. Winning this football game in in many ways, in a weird way, makes their decision process easier, right? They can take one of the top three wide receivers, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, or Devontae Smith, and and not necessarily have it be not necessarily have to deal with the awkwardnesses of the Matt Ryan quarterback situation. Can we just talk about something real quick? Nothing would be cooler than Julio, Calvin Ridley, and, and one of those three guys. Jalen Waddle. Yeah, yeah. Alabama trio. Yeah. Just uh, how fun would that or be? Or Devontae Smith. I mean, Devontae Smith is literally going to set the record for most wins above average for a non-quarterback. He's awesome, too. I Get both. Yeah. Trade but, up but get both. They're but in they a, need to lean all in to Matt Ryan is a good quarterback. Get a good offensive coach yeah. in there, which they just have not had since Kyle Shanahan. The last time they had a good offensive coach was Kyle Shanahan, and they went to the fucking Super Bowl. Yeah. Like it, the there, offensive and there's enough are there. there. There's enough there, there, right? There's enough. Calvin Ridley is what a top ten wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah, Ridley, Julio, and 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 Jalen Waddle or whomever would be the best that? three wide receivers in football. And the thing is, you have an opportunity to do this, right? Like if you, there's Arthur Smith, there's Joe Brady, there's Derek Bieniemy, there's a number of coaches. Even like, and I, he's actually looked pretty bad in our play caller rankings. But Josh McDaniel has once been a good offensive coordinator about, in the league. What about Brian Dable? Yeah, I mean, here's here's my thing with Dable. Okay, Dable. <laughs> I was I was actually talking this to Arthur Smith is a good card counter. Mm-hmm. He's terrible at at uh, uh, basic strategy. His run pass ratio is garbage, but but his plays are good. Yep. Brian Dable's plays aren't that good, but the guy passes the ball in an uh, he pushes the level of optimality of run pass ratio. The bill the Bills pass the ball over expectation more than any other team exactly so so for him he just and and look that's an edge in the nfl currently because i mean gestures at everything right like that's an edge in the nfl but like but but i don't know whereas i think joe brady is legitimately a genius so i was going back and because i was voting on what week did we say that you know, week three. Ten weeks ago yeah. where we were like... Joe- Bridgewater is still 7.6 yards per pass attempt, which is top, like, third of the league, and he's not good, guys. And, like, I, I was actually doing... So, the LSU offensive coordinator in 2018 was dead-ass average, like 74th in college football in basically EPA above what you expect from the players on your yep. team. Joe Brady was first in 2019, two standard deviations better than what you'd expect out of even those players. Jefferson, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Jamar Chase, yada, 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 Thaddeus did you Did you mention Clyde Edwards-Alaire and not Joe Burrow? <laughs> Joe Burrow, yeah. <laughs> um, and he's currently the top play caller in our rankings as well. So you have a change of scenery, you have a change of players, you have the same production from him. 
he to me is the most deserving person of a job. Now, it might be tough to get him out of the division, but he's got the freedom to sign the deal, right? And there's not really any, this is why signing a defensive coach or a coach who doesn't, isn't the brilliant offensive play caller is tricky because there's no, the, the Panthers don't have a whole lot of power over Joe Brady the Panthers, to keep him from going to the Falcons and making them a Super the Bowl. The Panthers contender. are going to be the Falcons in four years with Matt Rule and the Arch Spock. The Schmock is going to be running around. They're not going to be very good. And Joe Brady, every team that needs a head coach should be building a like gift basket that has a like stacks of hundred dollar bills, ro a Rolex, whatever the hell his favorite things are, yeah. putting it in a private jet that is also his, and flying it to Carolina and saying, "Please come be our coach." Like, it, period. Yeah. The, the Houston Texans should be doing that as well. Okay, let's consider the Falcons. Let's move on to another game. What do you want to talk about next? Um, Joe Brady, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, here, Jalen Waddell. Here's the upset special of the week. Are we moving to Atlanta? PFF headquarters in Atlanta? The PFF Falcons, finally. Come and, come and get your You're boy. You're welcome. Um, Our buddy John, who I hope is listening to this yeah. podcast, will appreciate that. John is, yeah, John's great. Um, the, the, here's the upset special of the week. I think you know. The upset stomach special of the week is actually here in Cincinnati. Kyle and Chili, yeah. I feel like Gold Star feels left out that we never make fun of them. Oh, do you? <laughs> <laughs> um, Houston, Houston wins outright this week, I feel like, just to fuck everything up. Okay. Yes and no. Are you, how much are you taking away from what you saw in Green Bay with Tennessee? Because. To me, this is a classic spot. Not that I want to bet on the Titans. I think it's a teasable game. Oh. So I, I can see a situation where the Titans get out ahead and Houston's like by like midway through the second mm -hmm. quarter. It's just like we're out of here. And Derrick Henry runs for 300 yards because they need to hang a banner. You know, 2,000-yard rusher. Uh, the Titans would be the first team in league history to have two of them. Um so that's what's tough. That being said, Deshaun Watson has put together some pretty good performances this year against teams with something to play for, especially within the division. So, like, the both games against Indy were down to the mm -hmm. wire. Uh, you know, the, the first game against, you know, the first game in Tennessee where Henry ran for 200 yards, they should have won. I mean, uh, they, they're a missed two-point conversion away from winning that football game, a uh, coin flip away. So my only issue is Watson's elbow, motivation for Houston. I, I just don't know. I, I mean, I could see this thing going, getting, going pear-shaped really quickly. I'm, I am stunned. I am floored, shocked to shit. The city of Houston, the mayor of Houston, has, has intervened. Has not said you cannot play Deshaun <laughs> yeah, Watson. Yeah. In this we game. have nothing as far as assets are concerned. Can you imagine playing Deshaun Watson in this game? I can't. If I were the owner of the Houston Texans, I would take Deshaun Watson. I would say, "Look, buddy, I bought you an island. Thank you for somehow being the second highest graded quarterback in the NF fucking L without anybody. Go there. Do not play in By this the game." Way. He almost tore his. Uh, UCL. Yeah, he yeah, could have like Tommy a, John. Tommy John. He could have been out for the, in next year too. Watson passed up Mahomes as the second most valuable player in the NFL this year. He's been amazing. Yeah. Here's the the craziest thing that I in looking at this game and figuring out whether I wanted to take the Texans or not. 
Watson has a slightly higher grade than Ryan Tannehill, but given how successful the Titans have been on offense and they have the most efficient passing offense using EPA per play, who, which one of these two do you think would have the higher pass rating from a clean pocket? You'd say Tannehill, yeah. I mean, right? Just look at the Titans. It's not. It's Watson. That, I think, is such a credit to Deshaun Watson because he is without DeAndre Hopkins. He's now without Will Fuller. He's without a head coach. He's without an offensive line. He's without a defense. They have nothing there, and he is still managing to be absolutely excellent. I'll consider the Houston Texans. But I also would like us to keep the Titans in as a team. Here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. I think Atlanta. I think Atlanta Houston's a fun parlay to have. Oh, buddy. But I don't think it's a. It's a. It's a a fun one in theory. Yeah. yeah. That you tell your friends about, and then on Monday. Yeah, it's sort of like betting a team like fifty to one to win the Super Bowl. You're not all that upset when it doesn't happen, right? Mm -hmm. But it was a long shot. Okay, here's one. Um, this hedges a few of our preseason bets. Raiders minus two and a half in Denver against Drew Locke. I can't, I cannot find any reason not to love this game. Uh, yeah. I mean, Drew Locke is bad. He's not very yeah. good. Jerry, like the receivers for Denver. Are Jerry great. Judy's out here making the best corners in the NFL fall down. He made Xavier Howard turn around on a slant route that Drew Locke summarily overshot. It's impressive, honestly. He's, 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 uh, the number of people that are standing for the Drew Locke experience blows my mind. Drew Locke, okay, so here's what I'll say, and this is resulting a little bit. The only thing that he has in common with Josh Allen is that he doesn't know he's that he's white bad. and he's from the Midwest. Well, he doesn't know that he's bad. So like, so like Josh Allen, when he was bad, still had a great attitude, mm-hmm. right? Like, and I think so, we're gonna we're gonna look back at Josh Allen and try to reverse engineer every single reason why we were wrong about him. And I think some people, and again, I think it's noise. So I'm not trying to say that that that's gonna be a thing. But people are gonna look at Drew Locke and see like him, you know, rapping on the sideline and being like kind of oblivious to how bad he is and all this kind of stuff, and say that's. An Josh Allen, right? Oh, like absolutely. That, Josh Allen did more for Drew Locke than he did for Josh Allen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That and and I and I want to sort of fade that narrative because I don't think it's real. I couldn't agree more. I also think that Josh Allen, like in Josh Allen, has a different level of athleticism than Drew Locke does by a pretty sizable order of magnitude, and I don't know why that isn't factored in. Like, Josh Allen is closer to, like, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes-type athleticism. And, oh, athletic, yeah. You know, and, like, the ability but to Drew throw. Locke's passing efficiency in a SEC school as a senior and junior was better than Josh Allen's in the Mountain West. Like, sure. there are some reasons to be, like... Yeah, they were both also very inaccurate throwing yeah, the ball. Yeah. Yeah, uh, down, yeah. the, there are some reasons to be, like, look, Drew Locke has less far to go, but... What you really should say, but, but I, I guess what, what we should really be saying is, look, just because you, you, bet on, you bet on green in the roulette and it won once, don't try to find out, don't try to like back engineer the reason why you did it. Just like go back to not betting roulette at all <laughs> because it's dumb. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like that's, I, I think Josh, Josh Allen is going to elicit a lot more. We, we should have had uncertainty in our models to begin with, right? And that's, and... 
Josh Allen, that should be the, the what we learn from Josh Allen. We shouldn't be learning anything from Josh Allen about specific other players. Like, I just it, 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 that that kind of thing irritates me a little. I love the Raiders minus two and a half in Denver. Kind of a high total, also for a Denver Broncos team. To yeah, be honest. I think if it gets to fifty-one and a half, we might like the under. Yeah, I think I'm leaning that that way. Uh, let's see here. Were there any others before we decide? I don't know, man. This is a tough week. I think I've yeah. I've run through. I mean, the games, we have so. to. I think we stick with games where both teams have the same thing to play for. Should we Should we talk a little bit then about football team versus the Eagles? Yeah, football team getting a little bit of money here. Um, that was a pick to start the week. It's now minus one and a half. Um, we have we have football team with the third best defense in the NFL, twenty sixth best best offense. Um, I have Alex Smith in the model. So Taylor Heineke taking first team reps. I think that's what makes this yeah. hard to yeah. to bet. Um, if it's You're, Taylor Heineke, can we plot? Yeah. Do I think we come up for air after three weeks of Jalen Hurts and think I think both of us were right. What do you mean? Well, so I don't know what you even ever said. Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts breathed a, a measure of life into Philly, mm-hmm. which I think was your take, which was good. But it still wasn't enough for Philadelphia to have team level success with because they're still bad, right? Which is ultimately what happened. I think in the Dallas game, he played as well like the last three games he played very well in games where they were playing a team that was ahead of them he had to be desperate and there were really encouraging aspects of his play but there were also the turnover worthy things that come with being a rookie quarterback i never said he was even a top half of the league quarterback yeah so i think because i think a lot of people were buying into jalen hurts is like you know after after the game against after game against new orleans and then the game against uh Arizona where you saw a lot of fun stuff but you also saw the sacks and turnovers they that was why they were favored on the road against Dallas and it's like in hindsight that was probably a little bit too aggressive I watched that game and I saw one of the worst play calling displays I've seen in a very long time I mean the defense was I mean that was an atrocity right they 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 should have done the same thing to Dallas that Dallas did to them, and for some reason they just decided not to. So they played Jordan Howard, which is basically an admission. He was wearing Carell Buckhalter's twenty-eight, which was you know just it was here, incredible. Here's, but I'll say this: I mean, he was. I still think that if I had to pick one quarterback in the NFC East to win me a game, that's the guy I would choose. I agree. I, I think Dalton's close though. To win you a game that everyone's watching. <laughs> the do you think that the Eagles? clean house no okay i don't do you think the game on sunday night changes any of it no okay you think if they get like blown out they they i think if they get blown out peterson's made the playoffs three straight years won a super bowl three years ago i also but i but i also think like that tension that was created by early success and then disappointments the last so they made the playoffs last three years but all three years were disappointing i feel like there might be um, there might be a chance, and I do think if they lay he an had to egg, put up with Carson Wentz as well. That's what I'm saying. But like, but he Carson Wentz isn't going anywhere. This could be. Remember when John, uh, Jim Harbaugh left the Niners and it was called a mutual parting? Like, I feel like that could be the situation where it's like Doug looks at the thing, and he's like, 
Well, there's a lot of head coaching jobs available. I have a Super Bowl. Yeah, let me get out of here. No one's ever found. No, that one, would be interesting. People, people haven't found me. Like, look, let's assume he's good. But if if we if we assume for a second that he's not good, he might be thinking to himself, and he knows this in the bottom of you know back of his mind. He's like, I can do what Chip Kelly did. I can I can go somewhere, get another you know X number of years on my deals in case I get fired right away, and then I got the guaranteed money for X number of years. Like that, I think there could be a mutual parting of ways because he looks at the cap situation. He looks at the Carson Wentz situation. He looks at, you know, the fact that they can't seem to figure out injuries on that team. And I. I so you're yeah. saying that Doug Peterson would be like, yeah, I'm out. I think that's a great call because I would. How many of the teams that need a head coach would you rather be the coach of than the Eagles? A lot. A lot of them, right? So Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta's, Atlanta and Houston are in similar like, – Atlanta's not dysfunctional, but they have some problems. They do. I would still rather coach Atlanta than Philadelphia. Yeah. Uh, Houston, no brainer. No, no doubt about it. Uh, because of Deshaun Watson. Um, the Jag well, Jaguars. Jaguars are in a, are, are a good spot. Jaguars, Jaguars have the spot. most cap space going into next year, plus and, the first overall pick. Trevor Lawrence. Uh, the Jets is an interesting one. So, so if he goes to the Jets – I think it's like Chase, Chip Kelly all over again. Hmm. You know, where he goes to a franchise as a big name coach and everybody gets kind of excited for a little bit and then kind of, you know, it's it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I, that's a very interesting take. I, I, I'll be interested to see how hard Philly plays in this game. I don't think it'll be that. I, I think that they're going to come out flat. I, and, hmm. and Washington is going to, uh, you know, Put it like if, can you imagine if you get beat by Taylor Heineke at home in week 17 in front of a, the, the a, a live studio audience? Like, this is I can't, honestly. <laughs> it's like I can't. I, I so, am really worried about the Washington football team offensively, but the Eagles made who do the, who do the Eagles go after post Peterson? Who is that job attractive? I don't think so. That's a great question, man. Rich Kotite, you think it's not an attractive spot? <laughs> yeah, it's not. Walking in and having to deal with Carson Wentz and the cap, not attractive. Yeah, that's very interesting. They could be. I mean, but it's the NFL. They'll get. Maybe they go to the college. Well, and they're Wentz. a, and they're a. Um, it's a marquee media. Yeah. What know. about Harbaugh? I, Michigan's not an attractive job anymore. Are, is there a tie? And because Harbaugh's a, a man of faith. He oh. and Carson Wentz. Men of faith. I once read something that Jim Harbaugh during his bachelor party was, you know how when you play laser tag and laser tag sucks. So you're just going laser through. Laser tag sucks? Yes. What? <laughs> what do you mean laser tag sucks? So like at every, so there, laser are, tag things, is awesome. there are things about bachelor parties that are fun. I, I that, wouldn't play laser tag at a bachelor and party. And there are things about a bachelor party that suck. When, when one of my best friends got married, we did like, we did like a, you know, a four wheeler riding through like the desert in Vegas. It sucked. It was a terrible thing, but that you do it, you do it for your friend. Yeah. Uh, the, um, what do you call it? You're telling me you were in Vegas for a bachelor party. You're like, yeah, let's just And go I fuck. singed my ankles on, on a, on a <laughs> let's freaking. Let's just go burn to death yeah, in the yeah. dunes with, yeah, yeah. with a bunch of I dudes. almost, I, I, I literally, when I took my helmet off, my neck was like so freaking stiff because I was so nervous. I was going to flip that motherfucker. Mm. And I, and I signed enough sheets where no, like it's happened before. Let's yeah, just put it that way. Yeah, your family would have been okay. Yeah. yeah. And like. And laser tag is one of those again where you're just going through the motions. If if somebody says, "Hey, I want to do laser tag," you're like, you do it, but you go through the motions. Apparently, Jim Harbaugh systematically like 
ended everybody's life in this in this laser tag game. Like he like did the strategy. He like he pinpointed like a like a ten year old girl and just like repeatedly shot her for the points. <laughs> Where did like, you hear that? I read I read it I read it on like Pro Football Talk or something. And like they were making fun of him for how like savage the guy is. Yeah, at laser tag. That's incredible, man. Do you think? <laughs> do you think he wore like he, he didn't wear khakis because he was worried he'd be more oh, easily to be probably. seen? Like it was for, the only time he's yeah, ever the, worn black pants. Is yeah. when the black light tag. too on the khakis probably not good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Not a good, not a good look for Harbaugh. That's incredible. When was the last time you played laser tag? The time like 2013 or something. Oh, you did it at that bachelor party? Uh, no, it was prior to that. Same it was it was the same friend. He likes to do a lot of those things. Last time I played laser tag, I was like in fifth grade. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, let's pick a lock of the week. Um, okay. We've got Can we- Baltimore minus 13. Mm-hmm. We have the Falcons plus six and a half. We have the Texans plus seven and a half. The Raiders minus two and a half. I'm gonna, I actually want something outside of that. I want Dallas minus two and a half. Oh, and Dallas minus two and a half. I don't hate it. I we went into this year not fan like we're not like we're rooting no. for you. Remember when we talked to Kevin Clark? Yeah, you were you guys were both like ah, I don't know. I I think they go over nine and a half. We were optimistic. We were optimistic. None of us bet nine and a half no. because it was our model. It was, was like, like minus one fifty five. Yeah, but we were we were we're fans of what Dallas you know, at least in theory was doing. Now, a lot of that hasn't materialized, but it does. I do think that they go into this game as an NFL team and their opponent doesn't. It's very compelling. (laughs) The Giants stink, dude. Like, I can't believe that I'm saying this, but I feel better about the Falcons than I do Andy Dalton. I, I'm really concerned about the motivation aspect with one team in, one team out. That's why Houston and Atlanta, for me, are tough. Okay. Okay. Uh, I can roll with Dallas. I'll also bet Atlanta. And I will also be betting uh, probably on Houston as well. Yeah. Um, I think those are those are definitely bettable games. Here's here's a long shot money line that I like as well for the people for for the for the road. I like the Jets plus one fifty against the against the Patriots. Yeah, the corpse of of Newton's past. Yeah, that's a good one. The total there is thirty nine and a half. I kind of like the over in that as well. I think. Do so you think the Jets are scoring forty points? <laughs> yeah, I think Stedham <laughs> is playing, and it's a it's a dump off fest. Yeah. Oh. Poor James and a half White. in 2020. Poor, poor James White. All right. That was our show. By the way, uh, next week we are going to do a playoff preview. If you, if you were with us through 2020, you know that from the comfort of our own homes, we did a podcast with Evan Silva, Josh Hermsmeyer, Kevin Cole, and Timo Riske. And we redrafted the NFL from scratch. That was a lot of fun. And we're going to get the band back together and we're going to do a playoff preview, I think, at least. So, so people have said. Josh is on a boat in Miami right now. So we'll see. Maybe we'll go to the boat in Miami. What do you think about that? I, look, if we, get, if we can, if we can uh, get on that boat, even in spirit, uh, we, I think we have to try. I'm on it every day in spirit. 
All right. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you guys in 2021. Is that the most overused line out there? Yes, it probably is. See ya.